All right, here's another little nugget. This song, XLF, you know who wrote this song? Herbie Hancock. No? Same guy who did this. Really? Harold Faltermeyer, behind both of them. I thought that was a Herbie Hancock. You're thinking a lot of synthesizer, man. Dun, 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 Different song. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Do people still get Sports Illustrated, the magazine? My kid gets uh, SI for kids. It okay. actually says for kids on it. it yeah. He likes it. He loves it. When it comes, he's excited Cover to cover. Like, yeah. can't oh, wait yeah, to get it. through it. And That's it's awesome. Good, it's good content. It's not like, you know color in this squirrel, you know. This. Oh, right. It's just articles written yeah. for that reading level. Sure. Which is great. Great way to get them into reading. Yeah. For a lot of us, SI is like online now, right? Yes. Yeah. And now because of that, some questions and concerns. Got to get to one. If my intelligence is artificial, then why am I smarter than you? Artificial intelligence conversation now with SI. Now, wait a minute. I thought we were talking about Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. With authors and writers. So SI has been getting ripped hard the last few days because of a report by a group called uh, Futurism, a report by Futurism that said basically they had many AI writers, even with headshots. So it'd be Bob Johnson wrote this article and there'd be a fake picture of Bob Johnson, who's not a real person, and then there'd be content, an article there. By, with a Bob Johnson yeah, byline? Yes. Bob Johnson's not a real guy. No. So, and SI was getting blown up for this. Now, yeah. And SI, by the way, now denying this report, saying, hey, look, that's not what's happening here. Now, SI has taken a lot of these content written pieces offline now and have deleted these fake people that actually have little summaries uh, on their They website. had like a bio? Kinda. It was more of like when you click on Bob Johnson. Johnson enjoys spending time with family and playing golf Well, you he's know, not writing for Sports Illustrated. So if I click on like your link, I might see all the stories that you've posted or okay. stories about you on the site or whatever. So something similar to that. Now here's the deal though. These aren't like commentary pieces. These aren't like game stories. This isn't, oh, you know what, This per- Sammy Sosa should be in the Hall of Fame. That's not what these stories were. These were like content marketing pieces about like sports equipment. Okay, Does so that make pay, sense? a pay-for-play piece. Kind of. So if you go on the JS Online, you'll see some something like that, where it'll be like, skincare is really good in the winter, and then you click on it, and it's like telling you about a lotion, and it's like almost right, like, yes. it's like paid content, right? Yes. So it's kind of like that. So anyway, SI says, hey, look, this isn't, we're not having AI writers. And they talk about Advon, so that's the group that does this. Advon has assured us that all the articles in question were written and edited by humans. However, we have learned that Advon had writers use pen or pseudoname in certain articles to protect author of privacy actions we strongly condemn. So SI was upset that they used pen names to write these marketing slash commercial ta- slash content. I don't, I don't care if you want to have the computer write it. Just then the profile should be like an iMac or something. Well, so like the little picture <laughs> right. of the computer. Well, real quickly, I know we're late, but here's what here's what futurism is now saying about this. They're they're saying no, SI is wrong. SI is not telling the truth. Sports Illustrated is SI. The idea that people writing product reviews for volleyballs would need to protect their identities with pseudonyms is obviously absurd, says futurism. And as for Advan telling SI that all of its articles are written by humans, its employees disagree, and we've got a new story coming up. So basically what they're saying is, no, all of this stuff about like where you would need to like fake a name to talk about volleyballs. Good bounce in these volleyballs. 
you're going to love the bounce. That's not true. <laughs> There's something else at play. So Sports Illustrated is going to get ripped again here. Another report is upcoming. And again, I want to have the computer write the stuff? Fine. Just don't lie to me. I think that's all we expect. 716 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Sports is sponsored by Holiday Automotive at Highway 23 in Fond du Lac. Holiday Automotive, it's worth the trip. Wilson. Next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Behind 33 points from Giannis and 32 from Damian Lillard, the Bucks go down to South Beach and cool down the heat on their way to a 131-124 win on Tuesday night. Lopez takes the pass, gets it right back to Middleton. Middleton has the ball knocked away momentarily. Now he's got to get rid of it. Gets it to Lopez with seven to shoot. Brooke finds Giannis all by himself, and he will provide the exclamation. Stuffs it down with a two-hand jam. Comes down with that mean mug of the Bucks. Look like they're going to earn another hard-fought win tonight. With the win, the Bucks complete a perfect 4-0 in in-season group play. They're now moving on to host the Knicks in the quarterfinals here in Milwaukee. Bucks guard Malik Beasley talking about the in-season tournament after yet again another hard-fought Bucks win. The courts are crazy. <laughs> uh, the atmosphere is amazing. And, um, you know, it's different. You know, the, uh, everything is, seems more intense and, you know, it makes in uh, regular season funner. The Bucks will host New York next week at Pfizer Forum and will face the Bulls in Chicago on Thursday night. The Green Bay Packers are just days away from their Week 13 matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs at Lambeau Field. With the Vikings win last night, the Pack, believe it or not, now just a half game out of the race for the playoffs. A big reason why? The play of QB1. Could Jordan Love potentially be looking at an extension this season from the Packers? ESPN Milwaukee's Jason Wildey weighing in. Even if they could sign him to an extension, I don't think as excited as they are for what they've seen in the last three games, I think they're really happy and they're really excited and they look forward to him continuing on this trajectory so they can pay him sometime either in the offseason or early next season. But I think that they are even still reminding themselves, hey, there are pl- history is littered with young quarterbacks who have great moments and great stretches and ultimately aren't good enough to do what you really want to do, which is win a title. And lastly, the number three ranked team in the country, our Marquette Golden Eagles, returned home following their Maui Invitational as they take care of Southern University by a final score of 93-56. to 60-41. to 41. He's got to do a lot to catch up with Johnson. Inside dunk. Oh, so we could are off a sweet pass from Tyler Kolick. Next up for the Golden Eagles, a Saturday afternoon tip-off against the Wisconsin Badgers. Coming up, it's called Father Dom's Mom's Sauce. It's available in stores, and we're going to talk to Father Dom. (laughs) He's coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. At 723 on Wisconsin's Morning News. You know, in the Italian tradition, Eric, or at least in my family, number of things held in high regard. Okay. Among them, your parish priest. And your family's pasta sauce recipe. <laughs> That's one, too? <laughs> yes. Maybe not necessarily in that order. Sure. <laughs> it depends on how good the sauce is. Of course. Friends of our family, Father Dominic Roscioli has uh, combined these important cultural imperatives. He is live with us this morning on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline to talk about where and why you can buy Father Dom's mom's sauce. Father Dom, good morning. Merry Christmas. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you. It's great to talk to you. So a lot I wanted to ask you about, about the sauce, but let me tell you first, it's it's a wonderful sauce. I really love the flavor. It's popping fresh. Your dear mother, Angie, it's her recipe. So tell me a little bit about what makes the sauce special. Well, what happened was I, it was um, 
when she was 93, I read an article to her about an Italian woman who moved to New York and started an Italian restaurant. And she said, so what? And I, and then I said, <laughs> good start. I said, my, I said, my, you're 93. When are you going to get a job? And, um, <laughs> so, so she put on a big pot of sauce on the stove and she said, go pedal this. <laughs> and, um, so I started, uh, I went on Facebook literally and asked for someone who might have a commercial kitchen. And Steve Osbolt from Emerald City Catering answered. He was a former altar boy from Blessed Sacrament Parish. And so he did the first batch. And it's a homemade sauce. Uh, it's actually a combination of my dad's recipe and my mother's recipe. And um, my dad was from Lamarque. He died real early at about 60. And my mom's father is from Calabria. So just before my dad died, he said, I want to teach you how to make sauce. He says, now, don't get me wrong. He says, your mother's a good cook, but her people are from the south. <laughs> and we're from the north. Yes. And we have a secret ingredient. Well, the secret ingredient was, is a carrot because a carrot absorbs the acid from the tomatoes and it adds a natural sweetness. And you'll talk to people from the south or Sicily and they often use sugar to, for the same purpose. I have done that, Father. A, yes, absolutely, in our sauce. Okay, so that's this is just a, a subtle northern Italian okay. secret. So, so my mother combined the two, and um, it took off. <laughs> I, it started as a joke, you know, and then uh, Emerald City Catering did 700 jars, and then he says, I can't keep up. Hey, and so now I do found... You, Father, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but so I'm curious now. Like, do you still get out the pot, and do you make sauce? Or, you know, since it's the family recipe in a jar, do you just, do you just pop a jar? <laughs> I've got like 10 jars in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. You don't have to go through the hassle anymore. So right. I, I want to ask you about this because it's available in stores. It's quite a bridge to cross, though, going from, you know, we've got a really great family recipe to a commercial production. You have that. So where can we find it? And tell us a little about the charitable component to that, that go in conjunction with the sales of your sauce. Okay. You can find it in the mainline orange bag uh, Sendix stores. You can find it in uh, Serendipity Marketplace, downtown Greentail, Burlap and Lace, downtown Waukesha, and Mari's Flowers and Gifts in South Milwaukee. Um, I've been a volunteer, and I was on staff for about 25 years at Paul Newman's Camp for Children with Cancer on the East Coast. And part of our proceeds go to Next Step, which is a group that was formed for kids who aged out of camp. So they were like, teenagers kind of lost because they grew up at camp and they had no place to go. So now they do programs all over the country and um, it's for teenagers and young people with cancer. Now they're into their thirties and forties, you know, living with different issues that the cancer brings. Well, that's a wonderful story. Father, appreciate it very much. I appreciate your time this morning. And I know it's, it's the busy season at church. So appreciate you very much. And uh, we'll sell some more sauce. Yeah, for you. Thank you for sharing the sauce. <laughs> Okay, it's also available online. We've shipped to 20 states. Okay, thanks. It's called Father Dom's Mom's Sauce. Father Dominic Raschioli of Southeast Wisconsin here with us this morning. Packers looking ahead to this Taylor Swift game. I'm still calling it that until we know she's not coming. Simone Biles game. <laughs> 7.45 in sports. The band is getting back together. The numbers all go to 11. Look, 
right across the board. Oh. 11, oh, 11, and most of 11, the and then amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> this is Spinal Tap. Rob Reiner, the director, writer, and star of that original 80s classic, confirms that they are planning to start filming with the original cast of Spinal Tap in February. How do you feel about that? I don't know if I need it. Right? Shouldn't you just hang that on the wall right. and leave it there forever and ever? This one will include a lot of cameos, too. It's that mockumentary style, of course. So Garth okay. Brooks, Elton John, Paul McCartney are all going to be in it. So it'll be, it'll be funny. So I'm sure you're, do so a good you're job watching whether right. or not you are happy that it ultimately was made. Correct. Right? Okay. The other sequel coming next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No way. Beverly Hills 4. Beverly Hills 4, Netflix is producing this one. Nearly 30 years after Beverly Hills Cop 3 and 40 years after the original. Well, 3 sucked. Eddie Murphy put in the... I forgot there was a 3. 3 was a joke. So, so it's... Uh, <laughs> Listen to me talking. 3 was... A, that was an abomination. So disappointed right, with yes. the writing. Yeah, I mean, Beverly Hills um, The first one, though, classic, right? And in that first one, uh, he's going to be back with all the same characters. All the same actors are supposed to be back in this one. Netflix released an image, so they're producing this one. It's likely to stream exclusively on Netflix sometime early next year. Was that two that Brigitte Nielsen was in? Or she was Drago's wife <laughs> okay. in Rocky? Maybe. I don't come on, know. Come on. <laughs> yeah, this is your real She was in one of them. All right, yeah. here's another little nugget. This song, Axel F. You know who wrote this song? Herbie Hancock. No? Same guy who did this. Really? Harold Faltermeyer. Behind both of them. I thought that was a Herbie them. Hancock. You're thinking it's a lot of synthesizer, man. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, different song. So you'll hear this song again. Eddie Murphy Good. returns. Will they juice it up, do you think? They'll mess with the oh, song absolutely. a little bit? absolutely. Make it all hip and cool 40 years later. <laughs> hey, park this in a better spot this time. All this good happened last time I parked here. Is this another one we can do the whole movie? Uh, I don't think the whole movie anymore because I'm not, you know, I haven't practiced lately. Sure. You have to give it a run. You have to watch it. I got thrown out. I'm getting arrested. I got thrown out of a window. What's the charge for getting thrown out of a moving car? Jaywalking? <laughs> was that guy, Victor Maitland? His boys tossed him out the window? Yeah, that's oh, a great I'm scene. all in on this one. <laughs> This news report brought to you by Steinhoffels. Visit them at steinhoffels.com. Is this the man who wrecked the buffet at the Harrow Club this morning? Lower your voice, for Christ's sake. <laughs> That's the yes. Greg Pancake Hill with the line. That's fine. Beverly Hills Cop. That's the man who... Wreck the buffet at the Harrow Club this morning. You know what's so funny when you watch those '80s movies? Like, <laughs> he did wreck no, that buffet. There's no like accountability or consequence to anything. Like when they throw him out the window, why? Why are you throwing him out the window? Now you just have a giant mess. Because <laughs> that was Victor Maitland's boys. So that's how they bully him. They throw him yeah. out the window. Okay, so who's cleaning that up then? Like someone's responsible for the window you just broke at the office you resided. <laughs> Yeah, and that was when he went to his office, right? And the the buffet scene that was a different time. Yeah, when he different went to confront time. him. Yes, yeah. And then I think I think he tossed one of Victor's boys onto the buffet. Uh, yes. <laughs> and also confirmed Brigitte Nielsen was in. She was Carla Fry in Beverly okay. Hills Cop 
two. Well, Beverly, that was one with the horse racing in it, I think. Four is coming out early next year on Netflix, it sounds I like. I can't even remember what three was about. I think they were at an amusement park. And it was just, they just. Well, I love that you, you remember this. They just beclowned themselves then. Then it became a caricature of, of course, yes. what one and two were. Like, okay, <laughs> let's just. I'm so disappointed about this the comedy trilogy. That just, it was sort of art, right? <laughs> Because one had a great storyline, and you had to figure it out, and two was pretty solid, and then three was just a joke. Sure. And Billy had all sorts of guns and stuff. That was the one where he, had all, he became a gun nut. I have Anyone no else? memory no, of that. Just I, I know I've seen it, but I have no memory. <laughs> That's fine. We can move on. We'll let Brandon do sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Damian Lillard dropped 32 points. Giannis added 33 of his own, and the Bucks take a trip to South Beach and leave Miami with a 131-124 win. He'll send out. Lillard's going to get an open look. He fires from three, and that's the guy you want shooting threes late in the game. He rattles it through, and we are deadlocked at 118. He's got the last 10 straight now for Milwaukee. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ as the Bucs, with the victory, secured their 13th win of the year. Despite a tough win, though, head coach Adrian Griffin reminding his guys it's all one game at a time in this league. The most important thing is really Chicago. You know, we, we got to regroup. You know, this is a very uh, hard-fought game. I know the in-season in tournament is important to the fans. It's important to the league. It's important to us. But I think, like, for us, and you, ne- you never want to look too far ahead. We got to get ready for Chicago on the road again. Coming up for the Bucs, they will play New York in the quarterfinals next week. But first, we'll head to the Windy City to play the Bulls on Thursday night. To college football, where Wisconsin Badgers running back Braylon Allen has officially declared for the NFL draft. Allen will not play in the team's bowl game coming up. He finishes his Badger career with nearly 3,500 yards in just three seasons. And lastly, after a successful trip out to Hawaii for the Maui Invitational, the number three ranked Marquette Golden Eagles returned back to Milwaukee as they would defeat Southern University at the Pfizer Forum on Tuesday night by a final of 93-56. to Kolick open three, good again. Easy for Tyler Kolick. Marquette's up 8, 20-12, 12.52 left first half. Homer on the call there on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee as Kolick would lead Marquette with 16 points on the night. Next up for the Golden Eagles, a Saturday afternoon tip-off against the Wisconsin Badgers. And next up for Wisconsin's Morning News, Mark Tauscher joins us live. Idea man. It was always fun because you would you would kind of see who enjoyed you know the different foods and the drinks a little bit more than the others. Um, it was it was always. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Innovative. Well, what it means is the old line loved to drink Jaeger bombs. And Packers Hall of Famer. At Marco's house, we we pounded a lot of Jaeger bombs. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News, presented by your Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Mark Tausch, you're on Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by your Southeastern Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Tausch, we broached the topic yesterday of new information on the Pop-Tart Bowl. Oh, good. So, I don't think we're going to that bowl. Uh, Badgers doesn't... I, I don't either. So, what I found up. out was, the well, previously the Blockbuster Bowl, like as in like the movie store, right, that had a relationship with the Big Ten. So, it was ACC Big Ten, typically... And then now I guess they're aligned with the Big 12. So it does not look like you and Wisconsin will be going to the Pop-Tart Bowl. Uh, well, that's I think that's okay. What I like, though, again, these bowl games are now getting to be less and less, um, 
I don't know what the right word I want to use here is. People don't care as much about them outside of the teams that actually go there. So you better make sure you're doing something unique. And I think everyone looked at what Dukes did with their big tub of mayo and dumping it on, <laughs> yes. on the head coach and said, hey, I like what that cat with that group is doing. So now these other brands are looking and saying, what can we do to make a big splash? And I think there's a ton of other companies that have, I think, great opportunities to delve into it. And I really think food is the way to go. Uh, if I am a food producer, I'm looking at bowl games and saying, I can get a lot of love for a very reasonable amount of money to get into these bowls and then have, would we have been talking Pop-Tarts? If this pop tart nope. bowl wasn't in play, good point. Well, and I don't to think your point would. too, Tausch, it's uh, the other thing that I found out in my extensive research on the pop tarts bowl is that they do want somebody to take a bite out of that mascot. Yeah, they expect someone to <laughs> yes, eat the mascot. They do. So, what does that mean? Is <laughs> so, it, do you know if it's an actual walking, talking <laughs> mascot or just a doll? Or some type of pop tart? So, right, mascot can mean a lot of things, right, Tausch? I mean, like if I had. A little stuffed Bucky sitting next to me. I would say this is the Badger's mm-hmm. mascot. But there's also yep. like an actual Bucky. Who's, Big boy mascot. R- right. Yeah. So what I hope, what I assume is probably they'll have sir, you know, Pop-Tart, an edible Pop-Tart that's got like legs and stuff on it. But it's just a, <laughs> so how a big, piece of pastry. Though? Is but this going to be a six-foot Pop-Tart? Why not? Why can't yeah, you put I, a dude listen. in there and have him you know, run around with his little arms out and have somebody take a big uh, old bite out of it? So here's what I think should happen i don't think it's a great idea for just some dude to be or gal to be walking around in some kind of edible pop tart costume that insert quarterback from wake forest (laughs) wins and plays a great game and just grabs the arm of the of the mascot and starts biting the arm that's what i want i think no you're a little bit of a sycophant there Vinny. (laughs) i think with all of the drones and robotics that are taking over the world, you robotize it. You get you build this beautiful. You have like a, I don't know the big chef that makes the cakes. I keep thinking of Guy Fieri, but that's not him. The other dude on the Food Network that makes all these elaborate cakes. The cake boss. It. Uh, it's like Buddy. He's, maybe yeah, Buddy. Is there He's a the Buddy guy with the that's place on in Jersey, right? Okay. Yeah. So there's cake people all over the place. But you get basically a skeleton of a robot, and you build up this six-foot-five lineman pop-tart body like uh, deal yes. that is the trophy that gets wheeled and robots around, goes over to the sideline they think they can, and then the entire team, like the turkey leg that the Packers were robbed of, gets to indulge in the trophy <laughs> of the pop-tart bowl after the game. That is how I think you make this thing go. So if you were mentioning the mayo thing, we're dumping the mayo on the coach. If there was another food you would pick for some oh, type of celebratory question. dump or throw or consumption. Celebratory dump? That's the way. Maybe not how we wanted to frame that for the marketing. Celebratory pour. <laughs> okay. What would you what would you pick? Well, I think I mean there's a ton of things that you'd want to I, I think Pop tart slash donut or you know stuff like that is Mustard? easy. If no, I don't think so. If you How about want a sauce, to, we just had Father Dom on with his sauce. How about a spaghetti bowl of some? Yeah, kind? it's got to be something substantive. The ragu. Bowl. I don't think it can just be. 
I don't think it could just be sauce. You could have chicken a chicken wing bowl, and you could have different sauces that you could go and you could almost like a giving tree where you pull the chicken wings off, and then you can go dip <laughs> into a bucket of blue okay. cheese or ranch. But I think when when you look at it, some kind of a bacon bowl where you oh. just get something engrossed in bacon. Like a trophy that's bacon loaded, Patrick and guys Cahay can bowl. just pull bacon out of it. See, I, yeah, I, a ton of different. I options. want Baker Square Bowl. I want the coach getting a pie thrown in his face <laughs> at the end of the game. Right. What Dutch apple or what over here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you guys laugh at this, but when you start looking at the bowls outside of the college football playoff, Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, what are we talking about? We're not talking about the Gasparilla Bowl. You're right. We're talking about. Pop-Tarts, bacon, and dipping chicken wings. That's what we're talking about. Haribo, gummy bear bowl. Ooh, that's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. We're on, we're on to something here. That you literally, Vinny, you, you literally can pick any really good food brand and find a way to make a bowl out of it. All right, done. There's got to be a cereal bowl. What if the, a cereal bowl where you crown the champion cereal, too? You do polling all week with the teams. It's gotta they like, come up with what cereal's like the best. It's got to be a good, be a good cereal. Yeah. <laughs> You're dumping that on you. I feel like we got smarter today. I feel like we got smarter. We help. We help the grape people nuts. To the program to grape nuts bowl. <laughs> <laughs> grape nuts. That'd have to be like in California. Music. Well, Eric, <laughs> I I just hope all I just hope all the teams get to have a celebratory dump. Me too. That's what I'm. Looking <laughs> That's for. what you Me want. Me too. Seven fifty nine. Business headlines are up next. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal. Sean Ryan. An 8,000-seat pro soccer stadium will likely host its first games in downtown Milwaukee in 2026. That's a year later than its developers had initially hoped. That stadium is the center of a $220 million iron district development that also has a hotel and apartments. A $33 million federal grant is helping to finance Johnson Controls plans to produce more York-branded heat pumps in the U.S. That will create around 1,000 jobs. National and international news media are